0: Learn more at marines.com.
1: Welcome back to the 10th edition of Spittin' Silver and Black. I'm your host, Kalen Sokal, mini underscore 2 on Twitter, and I'm here today with a very special friend and Raiders insider, Joe Rigo, from Q&A. With your boy Q and Joe Rigo. Welcome back, everyone. And going off of what you said, I mean, of course, Daniel Jeremiah has that experience in the front office with the Eagles, with the Browns, among uh, several other teams in the NFL. Uh, but, and he took over for Mayock at NFL Network as a draft analyst. But with him now in consideration with the Jets, do you see that? Sort of pipeline of draft analysts to GMs occurring uh, a little more often or do you think it's just you know the Jets or just because the teams think that they're, they're fit for what they want to do because I know later on the Jets have sort of been all over the place with another Eagles front office executive in play for their GM position and um several others, but Mayock has made it as a general manager from NFL network as a draft analyst. Do you think do you see that occurring a little more often?
0: No, I think that it's you know, well let's 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 start by this. Daniel Jeremiah is not a candidate for the Jets general manager job. Daniel Jeremiah will come with the gentleman from the Eagles as his lead person. They go back to their days together um, with the Ravens. So he, uh, he'll he have a very prominent role in the front office. Um, but the the dude from the Eagles, uh, everybody in the, in the NFL circles tends to think that he's the guy that already has the job. And so DJ would be coming over in a prominent role working as his right hand, so to speak. So Daniel's not – DJ isn't going to – wouldn't be the GM of the Jets. Um, the Jets fubar that thing up so bad. If you're gonna fire the GM, fire him before you hire the coach, especially a coach that honestly, Gase is overrated. And I don't see the big deal with him down in Miami. He didn't do. I mean, seven and nine was pretty much on par. I don't care if Tannehill was hurt or not. You're seven and nine. Um. To me, he wasn't the right hire for the Jets. Um, if you're going to bring in a GM, bring in an Elliot Wilson. He brings in his guy to New York. Uh, you know, if you want this dude from the Eagles, bring him in, so he could bring his guy in. But if you're not gonna, if you weren't gonna do that, um, and you're gonna hire the the head coach and then turn around and fire McCagnin, um, to me that makes very little sense, and it just shows the the level of dysfunction and lack of awareness in the jets organization sorry sorry tony dasco but you know you i think you're agreeing with me on it um so from that aspect um dj's not not a, a gm candidate for the jets he's a very prominent role in the front office once the general manager is hired especially if it's um the dude from the eagles as far as guys coming from tv to GM, uh, draft analyst to GM. Look, Mayak has played in the NFL. He was drafted in the NFL. Uh, he is well known, was well known in scouting circles in the NFL. And he did it for 20 plus years, uh, after his career ended. So it's not as if it's this guy is, was, working as a tv analyst and like like uh, and no i i could be a gm and then go and, and goes and does it and same thing with dj dj was a scout he dj G, D, dj knows what it's like to be in the front office so that it's a different situation it's not like they're gonna someone's gonna call up todd mcshay come run the vikings todd i mean that's just not gonna happen i mean and he's just say uh, you got you had to get back invited to the combine before you could do that. So, um, so I don't think that that's not going to happen. I, I just think it, it happens to be a two year span with, and that just shows the level of talent at the NFL Network. To be honest with you, Kaylee, you know the the NFL Network um brings in very very good people for what they do. Um, Mayock, it had to be the right fit for him and the raiders were the perfect fit for him. uh john is the perfect combination with with mike. um that, i think that's going to be a winning combination for a very very long time. um and we'll see if dj takes the job and if it actually comes about. uh but i don't think it's going to be the norm. it's not going to be like uh bringing in i mean uh, well it, how many head coaches get hired after they get they were on TV after they got fired or left or whatever. Like that happens pretty frequently. So if this is just an occurrence because it's a general manager, not because it's anything else. Um, that's why it, it, it is kind of no, no noteworthy and newsworthy. Um, but I don't think it's going to be one of those. We're going to hire this guy. I mean, look at Mike Lombardi's out there still. He was, GM Scott Pioli just left the Dolphins. Uh Scott, Scott's been a GM, you know, very a pretty successful GM. Uh uh NFL Network just hired somebody that's that's been with the Giants for a number of years, um under Jerry Reese, um, and then Gettleman for a year and then he was let go. Um he's a guy that that will probably be up for some gigs. Lewis Riddick is a guy that should be mentioned more often than not. Um, like Lewis Riddick, if not, after Daniel Jeremiah, Lewis Riddick would probably be the next guy that I would sincerely take a hard look at for the right, for an organization if it's the right fit. So, there's a few guys out there, but I don't think it's gonna be the norm.
1: Okay. And, um, let's go with another thing that won't happen. An NFL draft lottery. It was talked about as her out this out of the picture huh, this week um, <laughs> after the NBA lottery. And you know, Jacksonville would have had the number one pick had the NFL gone with a draft lottery like the NBA. But and then Oakland would drop all the way down to seventh having the draft if there was a draft lottery. I mean. Why, in your opinion, would it not work in the NFL?
0: It makes it too easy to tank. Like right now, you with with, with the way the NFL is right now, it's it's fine, just fine, and it should be like that with all sports. Like even baseball does it too. There's already so much. Talk about is our games rigged, our teams tanking, uh, are you know, does the NFL want certain teams to win more than others, or want certain teams to lose more than others? You know, there's so much of that already, and the NBA thrives off of that. Okay, go back to the days of Patrick Ewing uh being the guy that was gonna be number one overall pick and the frozen card that they know it was the Knicks card and that way the Knicks get the number one pick and re, they could revitalize the Knicks. Or even this year, New Orleans gets the number one pick knowing they're going to have to trade Anthony Davis, so they're trying to keep find a way to bring attendance up in New Orleans before they are forced to move to Las Vegas. Uh, with the NFL, it's not like that. Because if you're a, a crappy team... You're, people know you're a crappy team. People, and, and you deserve that number one pick. You earned it. I mean, that the year Dallas went one in 15. They earned that Jimmy Johnson earned that number one pick. That was not, God bless Tom Landry and, and, uh, everybody involved with the, with the, with that organization. Um, but they earned it talent wise. They weren't there. Even after they made the Herschel Walker trade, they weren't there. It's the reality of it. Um, the Raiders earned the number four pick. The Cardinals earned the number one pick by having a bad offensive line, guys getting hurt, ruining people's fantasy seasons. Thank you, David Johnson. Um, so, so, I mean, they earned that. You, you, look at, it's just like life. You get what you earn. If you're, if you're not out there, you know, putting into work and you, and, and you're, and if you're a business, if we're a business Kalen and I'm out there working my ass off, I mean, I'm out here bringing in investors and coming with marketing plans and coming with diff- and you're my salesperson and you're not out there selling. How am I, how is this business supposed to thrive? And it's no different. If you're the general manager of a team and you're not putting the right pieces together to fit what your head coach wants, your team isn't going to be successful. And you can't put square pegs around holes. And a lot of times people don't realize how it works. Coaches aren't asked what players they want. We'll go draft these guys. Reggie McKenzie did that for each coach. What kind of guys do do you want for your system? We'll try to get those guys for you. Coaches are going to, GMs and scouts are going to target the best possible players and say, here they are, make them coach, make them fit in what you want to do. Now with the Cardinals, for instance, and and I'm still on topic and I'm going to go about it a long way. But with the Cardinals, you hire a first year head coach. You give them a first year quarterback, a rookie quarterback that you trade up for. and. You don't give him an offensive line. You outside of Larry Fitzgerald, you don't have a lot of weapons offensively, other than your running back who gets hurt. Defensively, you're you're really good defensively for the most part, but you can't put up points. And then you fire the coach because he can't get the quarterback to a certain level, but yet you hire a coach who doesn't fit the quarterback that you. Just trade it up for. So now you got to trade that guy to get the quarterback that does fit what your head coach wants to do. That's on the GM. As my guy, Beaumont Jones calls him, Suge White, Steve Klein is, it should be on the hot seat. That should be a job. He should really should have been fired at the end of last year because quite frankly, you don't fire your head coach after one year, because the rookie quarterback wasn't getting the job done. Like, it's a rookie with no offensive line. He got beat the hell up. So the Cardinals earned the number one pick. There's A draft lottery would just add way more conspiracy theorists out there. It will be way more of, oh, well, they just wanted the Raiders to pick seventh because they don't like the Raiders. Let me tell Raider Nation something. And I've said this before to, with, on Q&A with me and Q. This isn't the, the Al Davis Raider years. The NFL is on very good terms with the Raiders. The NFL is on very good terms with Mark Davis. Okay. There isn't no more. They hate us, us against the NFL. That those days are long gone. Okay. In order for you to become bigger thinkers and for you to have, understand exactly what the Raiders are doing and what the, how the Raiders want to be, you have to lose that mentality. If you don't, it's, you're, you're just gonna be put, you're gonna put yourself back and you're not even watching football. You're too caught up in drama that has nothing to do with on the field performance. So. That's one of the reasons why, um, there won't be a draft lottery in the NFL. It makes no sense. The NFL needs to move the draft up in April to the middle of April, honestly, and get, and get everything going a couple weeks earlier in terms of off, uh, uh, the NFL, um, offseason. You move it up, you, you know, you get a starter free agency the beginning of March. And you go one, you know, you go a month and a half of draft related stuff. And then April, the weekend of like the 18th around that time, that's where you have the NFL draft. That's when you do it. That would make the most sense for the NFL versus where it's now at now the end of April. Um, you're just dragging it out way too long. And, and, and this, when, when you're making as much money as they make, you absolutely, um, can kind of do what you want but a draft lottery that would just add way more unintelligent conversation to a league that has has way too many unintelligent conversations already and it, it wouldn't be a good look they they want on-field play to speak for itself and again and it goes it also goes back to tanking like honestly um you know, look how easy it is for in a, for NBA teams to tank. Hell, your Cleveland Cavaliers did it to get LeBron James openly tanked, openly lost games, purposely and unapologetically lost games, so they could draft LeBron James or have the opportunity to have the number one pick. It worked out for them. And then you don't want to have a draft lottery because you don't want to have an owner. Let's say. Let's say um, – let's, let's pick a team. Let's pick a small market team that has an owner that talks a lot. Um, I don't know. Uh, Mike Brown. You don't want to have Mike Brown write an angry letter to Roger Goodell because A.J. Green decided to leave and go down and play with the Dolphins. And then the NFL feel compelled to gift him because the Bengals go back to being the Bungles, gift them a couple lottery picks, number one overall picks, that you only keep one of the three. One one one's a bomb, one you trade and one ends up being a you know, a good player. So uh but you eventually have to trade him because he doesn't get along with you when AJ Green comes back to play with the new quarterback. So um, you don't want to have that type of situation on your hand. You already have Jerry Jones and Arthur Blank and uh, Ross and a few others talking a little too much as it is. So um, you, you don't have any more off the field talk. You want to have it on the field. You already have too many distractions like that with, you know, player and owner misconduct going on in the NFL as it is. Yeah. And you definitely don't want
1: NFL teams to think because a a lot of the number one picks, a lot of the high draft picks in the NFL, not necessarily first round picks, but high top top three overall picks work out in the NFL 99% of the time. And you, you don't want a team stacked and loaded. With talent where a team can tank every season in just a quarter of the pieces that they need. The NFL does, the NFL doesn't need that. I mean, they already have teams, some teams wing all the time. out about the Patriots? But, um, that, that's what the NFL does, does not need. And they don't need any more of it to make it sort of a little unbalanced, more unbalanced than
0: um, it already shakes out. But, I mean, see, I don't, I don't agree with that. Like, I can't, you can't blame the Patriots for being yeah, I'm,
1: I'm not ahead the of the curve.
0: Well, well, I'm not talking about just you. I'm talking about, about fans. Like, like realistically, Belichick stays ahead of the curve. What's, what, what is almost every team going to right now offensively? Spread. A spread offense, right? What's Belichick gone back to? Two wide receivers, a fullback, and a running back. That's why they beat the Rams. Plain old power football. You know, everybody, like, they literally are, are, when the trends are going one way, they go the opposite way. What's Gruden going back to? Yeah, he's going to spread them out, but he wants to run the football. They want to be a run-first team. They're going to air it out. Gruden loves to pass it, but they want to be able to run the ball when they impose their will on you. That's what that's what that's what good football teams do. When the Rams were humming last year, Todd Gurley wasn't injured, and Todd was the engine that made that 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 beautiful Porsche go. But once to once Todd went down, that engine had a kink in it. They got you know they brought in a dude that was with Denver. And with the Raiders, he bounced around, he catches on, and then when they run, when they use him running the ball, they're, the Rams' offense is picking back up. But when the Rams couldn't run the ball, guess what? They became one dimensional. That's why Belichick is going, okay, stop our run. Stop Sonny Michelle. Oh, and then, okay, now then we'll pass it on you. Stop Gronk. Stop Edelman. You know? Oh, now you're going to play pass? Okay, let's go back to running the ball. Like it's real. It's real simple, because everybody is going one direction. Belichick's when they when they zigs, Belichick zags. That's what makes the women so great. Think about this: two or three years ago, he traded J.B. Collins for a second round pick to Cleveland. Cleveland cuts him. Collins goes back there for three million dollars. <laughs> ben Watson retires from the NFL because you know he's done. Belichick needs a tight end. He calls Ben Watson, who's been gone for, a, what, like at least seven years? Ben Watson's back with the Patriots. Like, he's been gone 22 years Well, however long he's been gone. I know he's with New Orleans, and I thought he was somewhere else before that.
1: But the I Ravens. may be wrong.
0: I'm just saying. The Ravens, okay. So, however long he's been gone, I think he's at least three years in New Orleans. I think he's at least three, two or three in in New England. Or, excuse me, in uh with the Ravens. But I may be wrong, but, but it, it does, that, that doesn't change my point. He's going and getting, bringing guys back in that he's gotten rid of, and he's he's not this. Belichick is the smartest guy in the room, and he knows it. You know it. He don't have to say it. He, uh, Sean, um, uh, uh, Josh McDaniels was talking at the Super Bowl about. They're talking about uh, prep, and they're talking about well, when he was interviewing with, with various teams for their head coaching position, and they asked him, you know, well, how can you conceivably game plan and then interview for eight hours? You know, like that. You, there's only so many hours in a day. He goes, no, we have this machine at our facility where we can take a nap for 45 minutes, and it's like taking a five – it's like going to sleep for five hours. It's almost like a hyperbaric chamber. And we'll go take a 45-minute nap and wake up completely refreshed and ready to go. How many other teams have that? Why does New England just have that if nobody else does? See, like, they're ahead of the curve because they're going out and doing – Belichick is researching things outside of just football to give him the best opportunity to continue to win. That's why he's the greatest coach ever. And I've never felt that way until maybe the last two or three years. I think I, I actually truly believe that he is the greatest coach to coach pro football in the history of the game. I know there's Vince Lombardi who excellent motivator. I mean, he's Vince Lombardi. You have Walsh who changed the game in terms of the West Coast offense. You know, there's Belichick that – it's Beller. every He's won in, in every different way. He's won with teams that were offensive juggernauts. He's won with, with teams with great defenses. And when and and if the only knock on him is the years that he's supposed to win because he's seventeen and zero or, or whatever the eighteen and zero and other and, and or whatever the case may be, they ran through the regular season. And they lost in the Super Bowl to the Giants. Um. If those are the only knocks on them. Then so be it. But nobody's gotten there more done or in in one more than him. Like the dude is just—he—that's he, he, what separates him from everybody else. So I don't, I'm not mad at the Patriots dynasty. Is it frustrating as hell? Hell yeah, it is. The, and it all started because of the Tuck rule. You know, it all started because of the Tuck rule. But at the same time, it's—you have to give credit where credit is due. And, and and for those that say they cheat, yeah, you know what? They may, but every team does. Don't think they're the only ones. They they just got caught more than everybody else. That means that it's not good at it as everybody else.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Belichick comes from you know the Parcells tree, which has been successful. But Belichick is his own
0: own man. How many Super Bowls did Parcells win without Bill Belichick on his staff? If I had to guess, none. Exactly. So who was the real architect of those teams? Or the genius behind a lot of that stuff? You can make the argument that, you can make the argument that Belichick needed, Parcells needed Belichick more than Belichick needed Parcells. Yeah.
1: And, um. to sort of uh, go back to the Raiders on here. um, To get the Raiders to where they need to be in order to become uh, the next dynasty that the Patriots are. Of course, you brought up earlier that the offensive line of, with Lyle, Lyle Collins from Dallas becoming going to become a free agent next year as left guard. Um what other areas do you see that they need to improve or address?
0: Well, I would say right now, um I I think they need to get the tight end situation squared away. Keep an eye on Kyle, Rudolph, Raider Nation. Uh that situation with the Vikings is coming to a head very soon. Either they trade or release India him. He yeah, said he's not restructuring his India deal. Say that- No, he said he's not. He's not going to redo his deal. That's exactly what he said. I'm not redoing my deal. I'm not a young guy anymore, but I'm not old. So um, he's he's in. They only have one. They only exactly. And and he's making what seven million or something like that, five to seven million. The Vikings have one point eight and change underneath the salary cap right now. So they need money to sign draft picks um he's not going to restructure his deal and because of that they need to make a decision and that's going to come real soon so I like to see the tight end situation addressed a little bit um again I, besides besides offensive line I'd like to see another interior defensive tackle I would love just because I think it would be so Raiders oh my God I would love for them to sign a Sue. And create my unholy union with him and Vontez. Oh, Perfect yeah, on that defense. Creation. He is. I think that would be phenomenal. Oh my lord! And I say that because I said it on Q and A. I would love, to, and I said it um, almost two months ago that I would love to see Perfect and 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 Sue together because I think that yeah, they would there would be some penalties, but I think that that would it would be one of those where it would make everybody around them better, especially Sue. Um, and I call it my unholy union. Um, uh, it would be so Raiders if they did that. I would love for them to do that. You have no idea. Um, you know what, the, the interior, the interior line, um, I think secondary, they're deep. Um, I like the secondary right now. Um, uh, maybe get, a, maybe if you can bring in another safety, um, Jonathan supreme would be a good one. Um, now that he's cleared and he's going to be in, and I'm pretty sure I don't think he's going to. I know he was with the Jags. I don't know if he's going to remain there. Um, Ciprian would be a good one. Just, you know, let him come in and compete with Cujo and, and Harris. Um, I think that would be a real good one. Uh, like, I, maybe, like I said, a third receiver, another one. You know, you have Williams, you have Brown, you have Renfro. That's going to be the slot guy. Uh, I'm not a big J.J. Nelson guy. I don't think that he's going to make the team. Um, you know but Doss is going to be there so i think i think he's going to be i think he's going to be a stud so you know th- those are probably just some of them maybe get a you know another backup running back i mean Doug Martin is fine as a backup let him in rushing last year but put the ball on the ground three times um you know but there again it's a running back in the, in today's nfl you know it's not like you, you can just you know they you can you can't find one anywhere I mean you can find them wherever. But I mean, there really is not anybody out there to make you go, "Ooh, yeah, let's go get this guy." So, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, take a look. I, I think the Raiders, you know, and really just get deeper overall. Like, this just because it's the same thing, Kalen, When you when you when you watch UC, you know, UNLV, you can tell how good a team is by their special teams. Um, if you're special, if you have gunners and you guys are going down laying dudes out. You're a deep team because you have talent on special teams. Um, most of the good teams in NFL have really good special teams because their rosters are deep. The teams that aren't rated too high on special teams is because they don't have deep rosters. So look at special teams and look at, and the, the deeper you get, you're going to have more guys that could potentially be starters for you or another team playing special teams. So I think that would be a, a, a good. A good thing. Just get deeper across the board. But I don't think there's any one, other than tight end, I don't think there's any one specific position that I say they have to get better at. I think tight end is their weakest position right now. And again, Kyle Rudolph, you know, hell, I'd even be willing to trade like a fifth rounder for him. You know, you guys are going to cut him, get something for him at least. We'll, you know, we're going to keep him. That, that'd be, that would be my call by Mike Mayock. I, I call up Spielman and say, look, We'll give you a fifth rounder for Rudolph right now. Uh, you're going to cut him anyway. He's not going to redo his deal. We won't redo his deal. We'll keep his deal the way it is. We have the cap space to do it. So let's just, let's just pull the trigger and make this bad. I would go as high as a fourth rounder for him. The guy can play. The guy can flat out play and he's, he'd be a huge upgrade over everybody they have. And, and there's some guys there. I mean, they're journeymen, but you know, there, it's not as if those are the guys that I, that, that make you say yes we have him for to car to throw the ball to in the red zone. No, you know it's going to be running backs and receivers. Luke Wilson is a really good, you know, catching tight end, he's a good receiving tight end, um but he's not a dude. Uh, so you know, you got some projects there. I would I would much rather them go get a guy that's been in all pro, a guy that that's had success, a guy that again will make your offense that much better and a guy that's really not a bad Team guy, the guy can block as well. Go get a Kyle Rudolph for a mid round pick, um, if you can, or if you're waiting for him to be released and then go snatch him up, cool, do that. But that'd be the one position that I would definitely want to see upgraded if I'm the Raiders fans. And then and then I can that way, you know, selfishly, I can tell all the Vikings fans, I can continue to give them the middle finger for telling me that I was wrong and they would never cut or release him or trade him. Yeah, go ahead and suck it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, those, those people, those those people have no idea.
0: Zero. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, taking take going off of that, Rudolph is exactly as I said last week. Rudolph is exactly what the Raiders need. He's good in the red zone. Eight red zone receptions, four of those for touchdowns, and That's one area in which car. Struggles to throw the ball, so it's like, it's a, it's like it's a it is a perfect mirror if they were to go after him. And you would think. Y- go on. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, and um, to go off of that as well, who doesn't want a productive? tight end in their prime who so we can get on the team in a position of
0: need. It's it's a perfect marriage. You would think that anybody would? I mean, I know Minnesota drafted Irv Smith, but uh, apparently they don't want to have that. So, you know, let their loss be somebody else's gain, hopefully the Raiders gain. To be honest with you, uh, but you know Vikings do what Vikings do. You know they make moves that just make you scratch your head. So I mean, it is what it is. I, I, I'm all for the Vikings getting worse. That's one team <laughs> that I hope wins three games a. Excuse me. That's <laughs> that's one team I hope that wins three games a year every year and every draft pick well, that they, they get, get flops. Well, the way they offensive
1: coordinators.
0: Hey, you're right. You know, and, and look, I love their head coach. I think he is a brilliant defensive game planner. Um, there isn't another head coach, for instance, that gives Aaron Rodgers more fits than him with his, with his, with his game plan. Um, his biggest problem is he speaks his mind too much. If that could be someone's problem. Uh, but he does. And because of that, Uh he hasn't made a lot of friends. And at this point, uh he's on the hot seat. And I think Rick Spielman's on the hot seat. I mean, you spend twenty-eight million dollars for your quarterback that you think is gonna put you over the top and get you to the Super Bowl. Yeah, that how did that work out for you? Exactly. You don't make the playoffs. Um there's been a lot of questionable, you know, decisions that they've made over the money given out to guys. Um, there's this, it's the Vikings, man. And, and, you know, you expect as someone who that's one of a few teams that I loathe in pro sports. Uh, I love it when they, when they're self-destructing and eating themselves out from the inside. I absolutely love it. And, uh, and, you know, a typical Vikings fan, uh, this is their, this is their yearly football cycle. They, they start off hot. They start off hot. You know, and, oh, Vikings, yeah, we're going, you know, 3-1 and in in September, we're going to the best team in the NFC. And then all of a sudden, it's like certain things happen, and then by the end of the year, they're always looking up, and they're complaining about Green Bay fans, or Green Bay, or another team in the NFC North that's ahead of them. Um, And I'll even take it a step further. Last year, beginning of the season, I made a statement that Devontae Adams – is one of the top five receivers in the NFL and arguably the best route runner with the best releases in the NFL. Made a statement. I've pointed out facts behind it with video. There is nobody that's got better releases off the line of scrimmage than Devontae Adams. Nobody. And he's added more to his repertoire this off season. And. They kept talking about Adam Thielen, Adam Thielen. Let me point something out. Thielen is a very good receiver. Very good receiver. Okay? But Thielen is also the great white hype. If he would, they weren't talking about Digs like that. Stefan Diggs, talking about Thielen. So, okay.
1: Well, so end of the year, see, look at Thielen's Exactly. Not- the NFC Championship game the previous year. Exactly. So,
0: at the end of the year, I put up the numbers. Thielen's numbers to Devontae Adams numbers, and Adams' numbers were better than Thielen's numbers. Without a Stephon Diggs next to him, with three rookies next to him. Tell me who's a better receiver now. A guy who's do- who has got double coverage and triple coverage all the time, or a guy that has single coverage and gets blown up by a rookie defensive back knocked into his other receiver and gets locked down by Jair Alexander all every time they play Green Bay last season. So I don't want to hear that. And that's credit to Jair Alexander, by the way, to lock down Thielen. But I don't want to hear Vikings fans' mouth when it comes to that because Vikings fans think with And every fan base, they think with their heart. They're not thinking with their mind and being logical. I'm I'm looking at this objectively, not subjectively. Yeah, and
1: the Minnesota always seems to have those little actions, uh, sort of little nuances every year with their fan base and with their staff. Every Something just doesn't go right and then a couple of seasons later they you know let go of the guy. Leslie Frazier took them to the playoffs with AT. he was gone a couple of years later. So you know they are, they're they always sort they're always sort of the retooling team of sorts every about every seven, eight years.
0: No doubt. I'm I'm I, and Look it. So when the Vikings fans came at me when I tweeted out that uh, you know, on the second day of the draft, second or third day of the draft, actually that Friday of the draft is when I tweeted out that there's the potential for Rudolph to be released and the Raiders would have interest because he's due X amount of money and they have X amount of money under the cap. Oh, I caught hell for two days. So I gave him scorched earth on uh. On this Sunday, I say, well, Gary Anderson still missed the field goal against the Falcons after he made every field goal in the season. Uh, Whoever their field goal kicker was against the Seahawks still missed that field goal in the playoffs. Um, The Love Boat incident still happened. Um, Adrian Peterson still got suspended for what he did. And tell me when's the last time the Vikings won the Super Bowl or even went to the Super Bowl. I'll do a few other stuff, and that's off the top of my head of things I put in the – I believe things I put in the tweet. So, you know, go 15-1 and lose an NFC title game to a team that you probably should have ran out the building – when you have a hall, two Hall of Fame receivers, a very good wide receiver, a Hall of Fame defensive tackle, an outstanding running back at the time, and a very good quarterback, don't come at me with anything else, Vikings fans. There's only one Vikings fan that I really like. There's only one, honestly, that I know. There's only one Vikings fan that I really like. Off the top of my head, I know I I, I, I know a few Vikings fans. I believe there's only one that I truly, truly like. Mark Wallington, the sports information director for football for UNLV. He's the only one. The rest of them are just, ugh, I can't, I can't. I don't know who's worse, Vikings fans or 49ers fans? Vikings. I don't know. 49ers fans only come out when they're good. Uh, yeah, okay. If, if I'm going personal, if I'm going personal wise cuz of who I like. Yeah, but I'm talking about I'm talking about Forty 49ers fans only come out when they're that Homer Simpson walking in the bushes and then walking back. That's the 49ers fans every few years when they're good. They walk out five rings. Five rings, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they start sucking again, and they walk right back in that bush. You don't hear from them. Vikings fans can't even put up five rings. They can't even put up four times losing in the Super Bowl in a row. Buffalo fans. The best thing about Minnesota ever, ever was Prince. And then it was the two twins championship, uh, World Series championships, and that, man, Minnesota sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Raider Nation, I got way off subject.
1: I, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, 49ers fans, you know, they're, they're, they're crazy, but not as crazy as the NFC North Vikings fans. <laughs> and yeah. to get back, to get back on subject, <laughs> um, <laughs> with, with all the newness surrounding um las vegas all with the new training facility going up with the stadium now being 44 percent completed um with uh stadium progress with additional park likely to be revealed uh at the next las vegas uh stadium authority meeting um trying update on the parking uh transportation plans and all that how do you but going more towards the facility, how do you see that helping the team is, you know, it's going to be a state of the art facility. I mean, in the renderings to me, it looks like a five star Rich carlton hotel, uh, resort. How do you, how will that help the Raiders out more than, uh, what they have in Oakland at, at this time? Because, you know, the facilities are old compared to new of course they're old very new but how are they them over the top
0: um let me start by saying mick acres from the las vegas review journal does an outstanding job covering the stadium and the all the 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 building of of that for the raiders um the, the, the facilities and the stadium and all that. Mick Mick does a great job, so kudos to Mick. A uh, good person, one of the best. Yeah. Uh oh yeah. And with with that
1: very good huh? reporter when it comes to very good reporting and it, when it comes to anything Raiders, he's always out there getting everything for the people.
0: Yeah, and actually, act yeah, very good at that's, boxing that's too. The, Probably the best in Las Vegas when it comes to boxing.
1: I'll say the authority meeting came from because Nick tweeted that out.
0: Well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, In terms of what, what is the facility going to do? You know, it, it, it's, it's going to be there it's at the headquarters and it's not like a college facility being built um, where you have, you know, players living there all the time. I mean, these guys this is where they go to work. They go, punch their clock there, and then from there they they go home. They go there to work and go home. Um but for them to have a place that is modern um <clears throat> that's going to be up to date, that's going to be not beyond up to date, that's going to have a you know, a different feel to it. Um you know, technology-wise is going to be ahead of the curve. In a lot of ways, that's big. It's big for the staff, and it's big for the organization. Um, Again, proximity from the state from the stadium is going to be less than fifteen minutes. Um, You know, Vegas again is so small in terms of you know how to where you can get to everything that it makes it easy.
1: Yeah, the new facility is going to be great, and you know, it's sort of. The Vegas theme in Vegas, except in the football team, at least
0: it is in my opinion. I don't know about what you think. What do you think? Well, unlike, unlike college football, the facility itself is, it's not as important in terms of recruiting guys to come to your place. Now it does play a role. Don't get me wrong. They want to see what recovery is like. They want to see what pre, preventive injury is like there. They want to see, uh, what, what, if there's going to be nutrition, uh, there, which I fully assume there's going to be. So, uh, I think from that aspect, it's going to be good. Coaches' offices are going to be modern. Everything's going to be, you know, state of the art, if not, you know, t- more technology forward. But I don't necessarily think that it's going to be as vital as a stadium. The stadium is vital because that's going to be the lifeblood of income for, in a lot of ways. If Allegiant Airlines is, in fact, the the name of the stadium, Allegiant Airlines uh, Stadium, that'll be great. I mean, quite honestly, I fly Allegiant quite often when I go back and forth from Vegas to Fresno to see Jaleesa and the kids and, and whatnot. And then when I come back home to Vegas and I've never had an issue with them Um, and they're located right in Vegas, it stays with the theme of keeping everything local in terms of dollars. Um, and so there there's that side of it. Um, So the stadium is going to play a bigger role than the facilities, but I do think having brand new facilities that you design that, that you, you know, made, in your own image, so to speak. I think it gives Mark Davis um a little more ownership, you know, on a from a personal side. Yeah, he owns a team and, and he's and that's that's his focus. But it's no different if you buy a house that's already pre made from somebody, or if you get a house that um you design yourself so you know where every nook and cranny is, you get everything you want inside of that house. It just means a little bit more to you. So from that aspect, I do think it that's very important. But Unlike UNLV, where you know what we cover on a daily basis, the Fertitta Football Complex is a game changer for the entire program because that's where players in, in a college level they're going to be hanging out there, they're going to be eating there, they're going to be studying there, they're going to be lifting One there, they're going to be watching. watching. Be there. Yeah, they'll be there. You know, other than when they sleep, when they're in their dorms or their apartment, and they're uh, and, so it makes more sense for a college to have more focus on facilities than it does an NFL team, but to have nice facilities as an NFL team is critical because again, you want to go up have a place where you can recover after practices and games. You want to have a place that you can get preventive measures done to your body. So you won't uh, get injured or stay injured or whatever the case may be. You want to have a place where you can go to and make sure you're eating properly. Um, you want you want to make sure your meeting rooms and your, 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 your media rooms and your film rooms are all where they need to be to make you feel in it. Like, you know, I can just relax and be me and be in a comfortable chair that you can kind of get comfortable in and take notes and learn in versus you sitting in a folding chair or a not so comfortable chair and you're waiting to get the hell out of there. So, from that aspect, it is important, but I don't think it's important as in college football. I love the fact that it's where it's getting done because if you look at what they're doing, um, having it's right across the, across the state executive airport too. Yeah, it is right in Henderson. That's what I'm saying. You have that in Henderson. The, 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 the facilities in Henderson, you have the stadium on the Strip, and then you're going to have training camp in Reno. You're really incorporating all the different facets of Las Vegas in and around the Raiders.
1: And you're encompassing, as you said, with Reno. You're sort of encompassing the whole
0: uh, state in it as well, not just Las Vegas, your outreach. Give me an outreach. Well, that was part of the deal with them coming. They had to have uh, training camp in Reno. That's something that they agreed to do um in order for them to 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 get the sb1 done and get the stadium built you know that way they include all of las vegas so yeah i think that that you know it's good and, and actually you know and i'm not i don't well i'm gonna you know shit on reno a little bit but there really is nothing to do in reno so when you go up there for training yeah. camp your focus really is just training camp and not going to wine country which is beautiful i'll be there this year uh doing what I have to do, covering them at, at training camp, but you're there in wine country where it's beautiful. You're going to Reno, and you're going there in the summertime. It's not like it's, like, the spot to be at, where you can go to wine country and take your significant other and have a good time. I mean,
1: there is Lake Tahoe.
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's so, not Reno, is it? That's Lake Tahoe, right? No, no.
1: Yeah, that's. I mean, there's, not, there's nothing to do there. I mean, the state capital, but there's nothing in the state capital. There's nothing in Carson City, you know, and there's there's nothing there, so it'll be it'll be when good. You, and with the going back to where the places in uh, Vegas, it's it's very really nice. because the players feel like it's built as you back to what you're saying about custom? It makes the players feel like it's custom built for them for the needs, and they have the most advanced and latest technology. So they feel like they have everything that they need in order to succeed.
0: Absolutely. When you when you think of Reno, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? University of Nevada. Really? I think of I think of Reno Nine One One, the TV show. That's what I think of.
1: Never
0: heard of it. And the, heard the parody it. show. You've never, dude. Okay, Kalen, you need to go on YouTube and watch Reno Nine One One, or go on Hulu or Netflix, whatever. It is one of the funniest shows. You'll see a bunch of actors that you know now. But back then you may not have known. I know Nisi Nash is in it. Um there's a bunch of other people. Nisi Nash, you don't know who Nisi Nash is? No. You ever see the show Claws? It's on they always they always do on TNT. What the hell do you watch, man? Are you like don't watch TV or drink sodas on Saturday? I'm on my phone almost like 22 hours a day. Dude, uh, okay. Get on your phone. Get off of your phone or get on it and and <laughs> watch Reno 911. It is hilarious. You'll see a lot of the other people, other, a lot of other actors that are in it, but it, it's all comedians. And basically there's, it's, it's, they're making fun of Reno police department. The, the head sheriff is dangle instead of wearing pants. He wears Daisy Duke shorts. Uh, right. and, you know, they, and, and, it's just hilarious. It's, it's filmed with all kinds of debauchery and it's, it's just one of it's. Basically, they, they're, they're parody, it's a parody off of cops, but they're just running it just in Reno. They even made a Reno 911 movie a couple years ago. Are you kidding <laughs> any, me?
1: Any, any, any football in? Any, uh, pro football?
0: Okay. Look, Kalen, you have to expand your mind besides just football. Okay. You need, you need to expand your mind and, and, and enjoy the other things in life besides just football. So, but yeah, you need to take some time out. I'm not even playing with you. This is, Okay, as your boss for Inside the Rebels, I'm telling you, take some time out, take a couple hours to watch at least four episodes or a half hour long of Reno 911. And you're going to it's hilarious. You're probably going to be hooked on it and thank me later. Probably will.
1: (laughs) But but back to uh, their field in Reno and everything. Yeah, there's nothing to do there. I mean, I was there what's there? Smallest L- little, tiniest, s- nightest town in America is Sterling in that.
0: Yeah, it's, it's just America's biggest little city or something like that. Well, it ain't America's. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But all, all I know is there's nothing to do there. And starting next year, uh, training camp will be there and it will be nothing but Raider football in Reno.
1: Well, that's good for Raiders, you know, build that base there because, you know, they're the only pro football team in the state of Nevada as compared to where they are in California being, you know, there's right across the bay. There's, uh, the Niners, then you have the Rams and you have the Chargers in LA.
0: And, you know, they're the only team they own Nevada now. Well, and they, but they, but don't make the mistake that some people do. The Raiders also own Los Angeles. Like that's the reason why the Raiders aren't playing in Los Angeles is because the NFL knew if they built the stadium and shared it with Stan Kroenke or shared it with Dean Spanos that no other team in the market would have a chance to be successful. So part of the reason why the Raiders weren't allowed to go to Los Angeles, and one of the things that the, the league had a wink, wink, uh, shake your hand agreement with when they said, okay, if you want to relocate, pick a place and let's sit down and talk about it with Mark Davis was the fact that, they knew if they went to L.A., L.A. would just be a one team market and they'd rather be a two team market and that the Raiders could go to San Diego, San Antonio, uh, uh, Portland, um, Las Vegas, Anchorage, Alaska. I mean, you name you name a city and they'll go there and end up owning that city as well. So it is what it is. You know, at the end of the day. The NFL made sure two teams were in that market that we're going to be able to share the market and the market share. And then the Raiders were able to go to a market they could own and the NFL could develop into another NFL market. And being that it's Las Vegas, you can do so much more there than you can do in any other market.
1: Yeah. And it sort of, uh, we've been going on for about, I think, hundred minutes now, uh to sort of bring it full circle, um, you know, to sort of wrap it up. You, give you two second thoughts. Should uh hard knocks HBO choose the Raiders
0: this season or should it be next? When they're I think relocated to
1: Vegas?
0: I think it's you wait till they relocate to Vegas. Um I don't know if they would set a precedent by doing both. I think if they would have to have an agreement with the Raiders that would say, if we do it this year, we have to do it next year as well. Um, I don't think the Raiders would agree to that. Most NFL teams don't like hard knocks infiltrating their training camp. Yeah. I would think the after they move to Vegas and to see everything in Vegas, I think that would be a better move overall for the Raiders. If, if, they get chosen for hard knocks cuz let's say hypothetically the raiders make the playoffs next year they're not going on hard knocks that that's oh, yeah. that's out yeah. the question so i mean yeah. you know that's why the nfl may pull the trigger early and say let's do it now um because we can get you the final season and if not we if you guys don't go to the playoffs we can always go back and make you do it next year as well i believe i i'm I, as a person that watches hard knocks I'm torn when I watch it, to be honest with you. I'm torn because I don't think it's cool that you kind of invade their workspace. Because how would you feel if, you know, if- I, I, I
1: wouldn't like it. I wouldn't like them sing over my shoulder. I wouldn't like other teams to be able to view what I'm doing in my meetings. I want my meetings to be private with my group. So my group is the only one that knows what I'm saying to motivate them. I don't want any other team to know anything about my team.
0: That's just me but well yeah and and your team was on it last year i mean and and there was things i mean imagine what's left on the cutting room floor you know i mean you have all those meetings that you never know what was really said in those meetings that they're not going to air and let's just say hypothetically and i don't think this is the case but let's say hypothetically um they're on hard knocks and somebody's a huge uh cheese fan one of the producers or one of the And they go in there and they take what they said in those meetings and they send that footage to the Chiefs. They copy it and send it over. Like, who's to say that that couldn't happen, so to speak? I know they have provisions and whatnot, but I I wouldn't want my workplace invaded. Um, At the same time, it's highly entertaining. Um, I enjoy getting to know certain players and rooting for certain players for a few weeks to make teams or to be cut from teams. Um, but I also don't think me personally, if I'm a player, I didn't like it. Now, my brother, they followed him around when he was on it, when he was looking for an apartment. Like he, they literally, they let's yeah, go that, to Tyron that, Bracken. That, 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 that's too much. That's too much. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and they, they went with him and I ended up getting a place. So I don't know if, I don't recall if that was actually on Harnox they left it out. And, but it's just one of those things where at some point you just kind of say, you know, like, what if I, like, I don't feel like having you around today. And I have, I have, you know, company at the house and all of a sudden hard knocks is coming over. Like I'm I'm probably going to be kind of grumpy knowing that you're coming over. Cause if I say no, then it gets back to the team and the team's going to get pissed. So like, I I get it. But my, I guess my biggest problem with the Kalen, and I, I think I've told you this, um, and it, goes, it just goes with our media in general and, and fans. Um, I don't think fans really are – I don't think fans can handle having the curtain pulled back all the way and know yeah, what I mean, really happens with, within a locker yeah. room and in and, and meeting rooms and like in interactions. Between, yeah. You know, like there are certain things that, that even that we have ha- – They'll, you know, they'll, they'll have an uproar over everything. Exactly. I mean, the things that get talked about in a locker room or in a clubhouse for baseball, it is completely inappropriate. And there is and there won't be a like a, a, someone that comes out with a subject. That's just how it is. Um, and it's sad to say, but it's just how it is. And I can say the same thing in media rooms. I've been in bullpens and media rooms. That uh, in, in working for various and large corporations and, and smaller mom and pops ones from a media side that it it was the most inappropriate workplace environment someone could ever work in <laughs> with the amount of conversations <laughs> that happened. I mean, people having affairs with people and, and it's very on the open and people don't say anything yeah. like that. It's it's what it is. and And, and you kind of just do handle your business and stay in your lane. Sometimes you partake in jokes or whatnot and there's other times that you you know you kind of shake your head but like i can't believe someone said that
1: But the majority of what you're saying things should should stay private that are private and other things to just you know like the normal day-to-day things sure the public can know what a person's doing but they shouldn't know
0: about the private life Absolutely. And I take that with me when I cover sports, uh, me covering UNLV or the Raiders or any other sports team that I've covered in the past. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Dodgers, the Angels, USC, UCLA, um, high school sports, college sports, whatever. Um I don't care what such and such player or said coach is doing in their private life. That is none of my business. And that, quite frankly, is nobody else's business. Just the same way what goes on in my private life is nobody else's business but mine and the people I share it with, my close few people I allow into my world. And I don't think it's any fan's business. If 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 said player, if, for instance, Lou Williams, who quite openly had a relationship, had both his girlfriends living in the same house, both mothers of his children in a relationship with both of them, they both knew, obviously, both were okay with their relationship. For people to get into an uproar over that, it's not your business. Who cares? It has it doesn't concern you. If those people are happy with it, let them live their life. I could care less if Jerry Jones is out banging 40, 30, 20-year-olds. If he can do it at his age, good for him. You know, if that's yeah. what his wife allows him to happen, allows him to do and allows the relationship to be, good for her if it makes them happy. Yeah, yeah. they like it, I love yeah. it. Who cares? Yeah. It's nobody else's business. But there, so yeah, yeah. that's where I think fans tend to think that they have a right to say what they, oh, well, he, they need to cut him or they need to do this or we need to, or oh, that's the other one. We need to do this. We need to do that. Okay. Unless you're getting yeah. the check cut by the team, there's no we, unless you bought into the Green Bay Packers stock program, like some of us have <laughs> that, that put seats in a stadium or whatever else that it was used for. There, you can say we then, because you have put money into you. You're yeah, considered yeah, an you're investor.
1: Part of the you're part of the ownership.
0: Of. Exactly. I'm invited to an owners meeting every year, like a private owners meeting with the Green Bay Packers, along with the other people. But that doesn't mean, you know, the next guy is because he likes said team. That's not Green Bay, unless yeah, you're getting a check exactly. cut signed by that NFL owner or or franchise. There's no we at all. There's not. Just because you buy a jersey with names, you know, just because you buy a jersey and wear face paint and and wear, you know, team paraphernalia doesn't make that makes you a super fan. That's great. That doesn't make you a member of the organization. Exactly. I agree. So you don't have a right to say this guy needs to be cut. You know, you can like, for instance, here's some breaking news. As we're recording this, Gerald McCoy from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is going to be released. They're not going to pay him $13 million for this upcoming season. He would be an excellent addition for the Raiders. And I guarantee the same way today was tweeted at me in Cuba from somebody that should we go sign or try to trade for Leonard Williams from the since he may be available. You know what? I love Leonard Williams. I covered Leonard Williams while he was at USC. The big cat is as great of a football player he is. He's a better human being. I mean, this guy at 16 was at USC dominating people. 16, you know, this is this is a, a man's man and an All-Pro. This guy has got Hall of Fame talent, and it's unfortunate yeah, he's been yeah. with the Jets for so long. Would I trade for him? As much as I would love to see Leonard Williams and Silver and Black, no, I wouldn't. I'd go get him as a free agent because you're gonna have to spend that yeah. money anyway. Now Gerald McCoy for a year after he gets released, hell yeah, bring him on. There's a guy that that has all the tools and has been very good at what he does and fits what Gunther wants to do. Now, now that makes a lot of sense, but I know I'm going to get tweets. I know I'm going to get texts. I know I'm going to get emails that like, we need to do this or we need to do that. Unless your name is Mike Mayock let, or let John the, Gruden. Let the team do it. Let the team do it. Let them make the demand because they know what's best for the team and they know what they want on the team. Exactly. They have information and they get information. That quite honestly, nobody else will have or get. You know, like the NFL draft is we need to draft this guy. Well, we should have drafted him. Why did he fall? Well, maybe there's some, there's some information why this guy slid so far. Maybe there's information about Mr. Polite who ended up being a fourth round pick who had a horrible combine. That's not the reason why he dropped. The reason why he dropped is not to mention the meetings at the combine where he looked, he acted like a complete ass and was completely unprofessional, but it's came out that he likes to smoke a lot of weed. The dude's a weed head. So, because you smoke a lot of weed, teams aren't going to want to take a chance on you because now they're dealing with a Montavious Bryant. They're dealing with um, yeah, they don't, they a don't Josh want Gordon. The he- they don't
1: want the headache because they have that use, and that's why teams get certain players and teams don't. Fans are different than the Is they don't understand what the team has to go through on a daily basis and what Goes into making decisions.
0: And that's all part of what could be on hard knocks. And that's why they shouldn't be on hard knocks. I agree. And, and, and now, albeit if any team is prepared for, there's only one team I think that can do hard knocks and be as prepared and entertaining more so than anybody. It's the Raiders because you have guys that's been on TV for, for over, you know, Mayox case, you know, over, you know, both over a decade, 15, 20 years yeah. in Mayox case. You got, you got guys there that are used to being in front of a camera. But do you think Mark Davis really wants to get in front of a camera? Mark is not that type of absolutely. guy. Mark Badane is, is not that type of a guy. May I Gruden, Absolutely. Some of their coaches, yeah. Do they have the personalities? You tell me AB isn't made for TV. You're telling me Derek Carr is not made for TV. You're telling me that Farrell and mm-hmm. perfect and, uh, and Abram isn't made for TV. All those guys are made for TV. That'd be a fascinating way to watch it. And, and I can see it happening. Do I want it to happen? No, not really. Because I'd rather them focus on what they need to focus on than worried about what they say and don't say in front of a camera or, when, or what, what's going to be cut or what's not going to be on the cutting room floor when it's all said and done. Um, So I, I would rather them not be on hard knocks. But I think if any team... Can do it, do it right and not let it be a huge distraction. It definitely would be them because they have TV guys already in place running the organization from top to bottom.
1: Yes, I agree with you. And thank you for joining the show today, Joe. You can follow me at Joe Rigo on Twitter and you can follow me, Kaylin Soquel on Twitter at
0: mini underscore Kyle too. Thank you very much for joining us today, Joe. Hey, thank you, Kay- Kaylin. And let me say this, guys, folks, um, and this is something that is completely off the cuff from what we were supposed to talk about. Um, if you guys know anybody yourself or battling depression or anxiety, um, call a hotline, get some help. Mental illness is something that definitely is a disease and needs to be taken very seriously. Um, you're not in this fight alone. A lot of us have fought it and fight it. And someone's in here. at the, at the end of the day, Go ahead and, and make that call to that hotline and, and really give it, give it a good fight because you're not in it alone. And, uh, I appreciate you guys for even listening to that message. And Kaylin, man, thanks for having me on. I know, um, I know I'm, I'm your boss and everything, but I still want to do it with you one time so we can have some fun and, uh, keep, keep, keep working, man. Keep working. And, and, uh, I'll be seeing you guys soon. Yeah, thanks. Thanks.
1: Thank you, everyone.